growing on a city rooftop. And by tender shoots, we mean fifth graders discovering how to feed themselves fresh picked kale and like it. Concrete with barely a tree in sight where his food comes from. Can you really teach a city kid not only to enjoy green vegetables, but to relate to them, to understand their connection to the earth and the seasons and their impact on health? This is where Maya Donaldson from Graze the Roof and Chef Becca come in. It seems like an impossible mission, but urban farmers are very resourceful. And if they can't plant a seed in the ground, they'll take it to the roof. Hi! My name is Nathan, and my favorite thing for coming to the garden is planting some stuff. Uh, my name is Angel, and my best part about gardening is when I get the water, the water gun, and then I go like, and I spread it at everybody. My name is Arturo, and I, and I, and I love about the environment is that uh, he gave us food and all that, and I like coming to the garden to wet the plants. My name is Maya, and I'm the rooftop garden organizer. And my favorite thing about the garden on the rooftop is because I get to have fun with all of the young students at FYCC and inspire them to care about the, their environment and learn how to grow food from planting a seed, taking care of it, watering it, all the way through harvesting vegetables and learning how to cook very delicious meals with all the produce that they're growing up in the garden. We're at Glide Church and the garden is up top on the roof. We're in Glide Church and the garden is on the rooftop. We come here every Thursday. Um, the vegetables are good here because they are made from the garden, 100% natural, and they help our eyes and our digestive system. This is quite an unlikely garden growing on the 900-square-foot roof at Glide Memorial Church in the heart of downtown San Francisco. To get there, you take the elevator to the top floor, walk up a flight of stairs, Turn off the security system and unlock a door. When you step outside, apartment buildings surround you, and the church steeple seems within arm's reach. Yet standing on the gravel-covered roof are dozens of elevated garden beds made from milk crates, and they're bursting with leafy greens of all sorts, Swiss chard, mustard green, kale, arugula. It is such an unlikely place, you can't help but wonder how it came about. And of course, like everything else, it began with one person's dedication. And this person is Maya Donaldson. Maya now bears the strange title of rooftop garden organizer. But when she first moved to the city, her first San Francisco garden didn't turn out so great. Um, when I first moved to the city, I had never lived in the city before. Of course, I lived in an apartment complex and we didn't have any uh, outdoor space. And there was a small patio on our apartment building. And so, of course, I wanted to, to try to um, see if I could grow food on that patio space. So I just took two small planters and I brought them up to the rooftop and I filled them with soil and added, you know, I started planting lettuce and carrots. And then our landlord actually forced me to take the planter containers off the rooftop um, right before they were ready to be harvested. <laughs> so that was my first experience gardening in the city. 
was I was told that there was no way I could keep those planter boxes on the rooftop. But urban gardeners are like ivy. You try to suppress them, and they find a more fertile ground to grow. Maya knew plants could thrive on San Francisco's rooftops. Maybe not in her own house, but surely she'd find a place to make it work. And then I actually had an internship with a nonprofit in Oakland called Bay Localize, and I worked on their rooftop resources project. So they their project actually um, analyzed the potential and also advocated for rooftop garden development, uh, but also like solar technologies and living roof technologies and rainwater catchment technology. And through my internship there, I got inspired to um, think about the possibility of creating a community uh, rooftop garden somewhere in the Bay Area. And so they actually told me about a grant opportunity for a young person to complete an environmental project. Um, I was looking for a community site, and that's when Glide came forward as uh, an organization that would be interested in developing their rooftop space into an edible garden. And so we wrote the proposal, and then we successfully received the grant, and then we started about a year and a half ago. The Tenderloin is an interesting neighborhood in San Francisco just because of the diversity that exists here. And then also the average income of people that live here is um, pretty low. So it's a rough and tough neighborhood. Um, There's a lot of drug abuse um, that you see on the streets, and it's not really a neighborhood that you would want to walk around by yourself at night. There's a very high percentage of young people that live in the Tenderloin, and I don't think that's known. They're the ones that are affected by the fact that they don't have a lot of healthy food options around them. You know, people are buying really unhealthy food um, because that's what's marketed to them and that's what's available at corner stores. It's one thing to think of a way to get kids to garden so they can learn to grow and cook vegetables. But doing it is something else entirely. What we're going to do today is everyone is going to be able to harvest one charred leaf. And I want you to find the biggest... Swiss chard leaf that you can find, and then you're gonna get a chance to harvest it. When you're done harvesting it, I want you to go around and line up at the door again, because then we're gonna go down to the kitchen. You know what plant this is? Ah, uh, I don't know. Swiss chard. Swiss chard? You got it. Yep. Now use both hands very carefully and clip it. Perfect. Which one's the biggest? Leaf. That one? Is that the tallest or the biggest? Maya! Maya! Oh, can I get two? There are 15 kids on the rooftop. They range from 7 to 10 years old, and each one of them is holding one green and purple Swiss chard leaf, like a trophy. I wonder how can you possibly turn this into food they would want to eat? Who could accomplish such a feat? This is the fourth month. I I emailed Maya and I said, you know, what do we have? What's in season? What are we going to be cooking with? And she emailed me back and she said, well, we have kale, Swiss chard and mustard greens. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the fourth month we've done. We've done, you know, green leafy vegetables with with a bunch of kindergartners, first grade and second graders. Um, So we've done kale pesto, we've done cabbage pesto, we've done kale chips in the oven, we've done Swiss chard rolls stuffed with ricotta cheese and sun-dried tomatoes, and now we're doing kale tamales. So for the average person, getting a uh, kindergartner to eat kale once is a feat worthy of a medal. This is is times four, four four-time Olympic kale winner. (laughs) 
Chef Becca might be an Olympic kale winner, but as the children gather in the kitchen to wash their hands in complete chaos, I begin to doubt her ability to create something with them, let alone edible Swiss chard tamales. But her method is worthy of a Roman general's strategy, divide and conquer. She creates different task force of no more than four kids, Maya and another teacher, as well as three teenage student helpers take command of each team. There is Team Cheese, in charge of crumbling the queso fresco, Team Massa, responsible for mixing the dough, and Team Guacamole. As they divide the work around the big conference table covered in cellophane, Chef Becca takes Team Swiss chard to the actual kitchen stove. All right, let's turn that off. So make sure we don't get our faces close to this because this is hot and you might get burned. Do you remember what you put in it? What were the things you put in it? What's this green leaf? Giovanni. Do you remember what this is? What we picked on the rooftop? Swiss chard. Swiss chard, you're right. And what about what about these white? What about these white things that we chopped up? What are the, what's that? Um, onion. Onion. And what about this? That we peeled. Garlic. Garlic. Ooh, that looks beautiful. Look at the caramelization. Do you see that that lovely golden color you have to those onions that were once white? Caramelization is when the sugars concentrate in the vegetable and you get a really delicious concentrated flavor. Beautiful. Here, let me help you. You hold the pot. It's a heavy pot. Wow. All right, you guys. Now comes the fun part. We're going to combine all this stuff. Back in the classroom, everyone assembled around the conference table has accomplished their task. Where should your bottom be? I need you your bottom awesome. on that seat. And I need you facing forward and listening to Chef Becca. Can I have you three from the cheese group come up, please? All three of you in the cheese group. Everybody add one scoop of the cheese. I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Two scoops. Just one, and then pass it down. What do you guys mm. think? Does it taste like a, the the inside of a tamale? Good. Oh, why didn't it taste good, sweetheart? Because it tastes nasty. Oh, you mean because it's not cooked yet? Um. Well, I was uh, checking for seasoning. I was checking for salt, um, just make sure that it was seasoned enough. And it tastes like corn and like. Uh, onions that we've sautéed, Swiss chard from the garden, and the queso fresco is a salty Mexican cheese. So I got a little hint of that coming through as well. And a little bit of cilantro, maybe not, maybe not enough. Now there is a full assembly of kids, and there is something for each one of them to do. Fill corn husks with tamale mixture and make the actual final product. One, two, three, eyes on me. One, two, three, eyes on me. Everybody, give me your two-piece fingers to show that you're listening. Peace fingers, peace fingers. Eyes up here. Everybody is getting one corn husk because what we're going to do is we're going to take our tamale mixture and we're going to put it inside of our corn husk and roll it up. But if you don't listen to directions, you're not going to know how to do it, okay? Eyes up here, guys. So we're going to take and we're going to go like this. We're going to let everybody lift up their tamale and put their fingers underneath it and roll it back and forth. Give it a little shimmy. We want to make a little cylinder, a little tube, like a little snake out of our masa corn mixture. Yeah. And once, once you guys have your little snake, once you have your little tube made of the masa corn mixture, we're going to fold the tail up. 
Everybody fold the tail up. So that means student helpers, Kevin and Derek and Anna, you guys can take them to the next phase of rolling. Beautiful. And now Chef Becca's secret weapon, the microwave. Corn tamale would normally be steamed for an hour, but the ones we made are pretty tiny and the microwave is good enough to steam them. You know what, they're super duper duper hot. Don't touch yet. I said they're really hot. I like it. You want one? Another one. What about you? Another one. I like it. I want to eat all yours. Why do I do this? Um, well, because because I can, you know. I thought for a while that everybody knew how to cook until I realized that um, not not everybody, not everybody has it in them. Like I mean, I'm I always took my passion for granted and thought, gosh, you know, if people just wanted to cook, they could. I don't think it's like that. I think that people need somebody to invoke the passion, and I carry I carry a lot with me in terms of you know willingness and desire to make time in my schedule to come and do this. So I do it. It makes me feel good. Um, I like to give back. I like to. I like to look at their little faces. I love when they just like open up and they're like, oh wow, this is actually really good. So I get a lot of satisfaction out of it and it just makes me feel good to spread what I know. Thank you, Chef Becca. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank that was you. very nice, that was very good. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, I did. Cool, I'm sorry they didn't get to eat more, but oh, they were- cool. I like it. I liked you guys, Thanks I learned so a lot much. and I take it home. Awesome. Have a nice night. Yeah, you too. So that's why I do it. You know, a healthy habits definitely start when you're young, um, and they carry through. You know, the stuff that these kids learn here, I think they'll probably remember forever.